0: Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets.
1: Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Oh boy. Mm. Monday Night Football timeouts. Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan, Kenny Pickett. Bunch of storylines in this one. Chris and Bo recap them all and give you a reason why the timeout situation might not be what you think it is. We also talk the best mascots in the NFL. Give props to Devin McCourty on his two hundredth career start. And Bo gives Chris a couple TV show recommendations. Y'all enjoy. <laughs>
0: Good morning to everybody but the Lakers who blew the fourth leg of a parlay that would have had me off to a hot start this week. All I needed was the Lakers the the magic covered that was a no-brainer uh, the Celtics the well yeah the, the nuggets I mean it was all it was all down to LeBron and uh, LeBron got a, a three in his eye hole uh, at the end of regulation so I'm told because I went to bed because the Lakers were up. 13 points in the fourth 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was one of those horrifying
2: situations where you wake up to check your balance, very excited and you see zero.
0: Oh, Oh, just awful. And a continuation of the bad luck that has plagued this studio. Uh, what, what have we done? What did we do to deserve this? Who did we piss off? You know, what did I say? Run the pod back. We must've pissed the the gambling gods off. um, but we're back at it today with uh, with with the uh, U.S. and the World Cup. Bo, how you doing, man? Bo Cephas is with us today. I hear the, Chris, the construction noise in the background. Uh, I, I tune it out. I don't even notice it anymore, man. I don't think about it every
3: fucking waking second of the day. Um, I'm good, though. It's good to be back in Studio B over here. Um had a lovely Thanksgiving back in Minnesota. I'm thankful for you, Chris. I know I mentioned that last week. I want to mention that again. Uh, one thing I am a little fucking annoyed about is, like, I kind of need a transitionary period after Thanksgiving before we go in all, all in on Christmas. I'm seeing all this Christmas shit. I'm seeing Christmas ads. Everyone's decorating their house for Christmas. It's still November. I'm not quite ready for Christmas yet. So I need a week to just kind of unwind from Thanksgiving. Nah, bring it on, man.
0: Distract me from my reality. Bring you want
3: right into, right into Christmas for the Grinch over here? Fuck you ready?
0: Yeah. yeah, go right into Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Kyle, music and everything. As, as Kyle put it yesterday, I could use a little serotonin boost uh, in yeah. these dark months. So, like, throw the lights up. Do the whole thing. I don't care.
3: Oh, all right, let's bring you some Christmas joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you want for Christmas, yeah. Bo? Ooh, what do I want for Christmas? I got to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, I'd love some candy know. in my stocking. Um, no, Bo. It's always a plus. Yeah, I'll think about that. I'll send you over my Christmas list. Okay, expect cool. something real nice from you, buddy.
0: Did you guys watch the game last night? Show of hands, who actually watched that Steelers Colts game? It was uh, Matt didn't read. Did. Last and a half. It was. I actually liked the game. I, I thought the game was was highly viewable for an indoor game. I mean, two great uniforms. I like the lighting at Lucas Oil. I think the lighting is pretty good. Um, you know, when it comes to indoor football. And uh, I, I, I'm interested. I'm always interested in the Steelers.
1: Interested in the Steelers. And we saw maybe the start of Kenny Pickett and George Pickens, their flourishing career for many years to So come.
0: Pickens made some great catches last night. I mean, he's must-see TV. He's already made like four show-stopping catches this year. And then last night he did it again on a play-action uh, back-shoulder ball that, that Kenny Pickett put right on him. Uh, that was a really good throw and a really great catch. I don't know how they figure out. The catch probability thing because I'm stuck on David Njoku being a 25% yeah. catch probability from Sunday. That's bullshit. That was yeah. at the most 5%. And then they had George Pickens at 20, 23%. So you're telling me that ball on the sideline is harder to catch than Njoku on fourth and 10, full Experiment. extension, one hand getting hit as he catches the football? Um, they need to scrap how they figure that out. um but, yeah, no, Kenny Pickett, to me, also, I'm watching Kenny Pickett, and I'm, I'm at this intersection of, like, do I grow my hair out? Do I get a regular guy haircut? Do I keep growing my hair out because I'm starting to look like a dirty illbilly grow it from out, North Chris. Florida? Yeah, okay. Grow it out. I
1: yeah. think grow it out because under the beanie, it's beanie season. Yeah. long nice. hair, a little <laughs> yeah. waterfall out the back of a beanie. Yeah, get that nice.
3: lettuce. Get that hockey
0: hair, man. Is my ceiling
1: Kenny Pickett, though? No, your ceiling is um is one of the hockey one of the um you know supporting hockey guys from um, Letter Kenny.
0: Okay, and I still got to watch the show, but it, yeah, you know, I was watching Kenny Pickett. I was like, man, that guy kind of looks like me. You know, I don't know, I know if I want to keep comic. growing my hair out so I can look like Kenny Pickett. But Kenny Pickett looks pretty good on the football field. I'm gonna say this: every time I watch Kenny Pickett, I'm waiting to. I don't know. Be discouraged. To, I'm waiting to to say, yeah, this guy doesn't have it. It's just when you draft a quarterback at the bottom of the first round, that's an interesting place to grab a guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like there's a hundred percent hit rate there. Lord knows there's not a hundred percent hit rate at the top of the first round. And you're kind of in this situation where with quarterbacks now, unless you draft one in the first half of the of the first round, you're kind of thinking this guy might be a bridge. It's you know we're we're in a transition period. Uh, see what we got, and I think they got something in Kenny Pickett, man. You know, I, around, I mean, huh?
1: he moved around in the pocket really well. Yep. Um, and he was finding the intermediate, intermediate uh, passes. He was 18 of 22 for 126 yards on passes, traveling fewer than 10 air yards. And he leads the NFL uh, with a plus 6.8 completion over expected on passes under 10 air yards. This yeah.
0: Season. So he's doing a good job. And um, he had a good opening drive on the road. When you're a rookie quarterback and you go on the road and the Colts, there was energy in that building. This team yeah. is playing for something. My wife, Meg, was sitting with me last night like, "Oh, you got to watch this whole game. And I was like, I'm honestly interested in this game because I'm interested in Kenny Pickett. I like watching George Pickens. TJ Watt's always fun. High Smith, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, but on the other side of it is the team that, you know, really believes that they're in it. And they've, they've had this infusion of, of um, I don't know, energy since Jeff Saturday took the headset. Now we'll talk about him in a second, uh, but, but the Steelers came out and jumped them on the road. Great opening drive, uh, good mobility from Kenny Pickett. Uh, we talked about the back shoulder throw to Pickens. Him and Pickens had a hard time in the middle part of this game of getting on the same page. Not necessarily people running the wrong routes or the ball going to the wrong place, but Pickens just couldn't catch the ball, and, and Pickett couldn't put it right on him in certain scenarios like the ball in the corner of the end zone they're up 13 uh, nothing at the time right so late in this game as they're toiling and battling and you know Indy goes for a long kickoff return and then they have a touchdown drive and they're right there you're thinking to yourself like he's going to want that throw back really bad he just he could have put a little bit more air under it right before the half it's going to be 20 to nothing and this ball game's completely different um, but Pickens, it's a little bit out. It's a little bit out ahead of him, and I, I think he probably could make this catch if he lays out with two hands, but not a perfectly thrown ball. There were also some drops later in the game. That's one he would want back. And and fast forwarding to the end of the game, Deontay Johnson also had a rough game, including a drop in the end zone. There was a, a you know a second and and twenty or sixteen where he caught the ball going over the middle and had a chance to turn it up for a first down. Doesn't get it. So. Deontay Johnson, not his best game. Pickens, even though he was inconsistent, is just a magnificent player to watch. Um, when it comes to the end of this ball game, and the situation is the Steelers are up by a touchdown, the Colts have the ball. They're driving. They've they came to they came into half and they couldn't get anything going. I mean, Matt Ryan's first two passes were damn near intercepted. The second one was he looked shook in the first half, and you can really see when they bring pressure, uh, what mobility, uh, lack of mobility. Uh, how that factors in when you pressure a 37-year-old quarterback. But in the second half, yeah. something Jeff Saturday did or said in the half, had these guys out there slinging the ball around a little bit. So they're driving. They got a chance to tie this ball game, And Alex Highsmith, who's, who's a really good player and who's coming along, and this is kind of his breakout year. Uh, he's played second fiddle to T.J. Watt. He just went double digits uh, on this sack in the final drive. He won the game for them. Okay, look at the situation. This is obviously going gonna, gonna to turn into a timeout conversation, but look at the situation here. It's first down. Alex Highsmith gets a sack, so that's kind of a drive killer, even in the high red. TJ Watt has been kind of hobbled, it looks like. He, ha- he didn't have a huge effect on the game, and the right tackle did a really nice job. Of surviving against T.J. Watt,
1: Braden Smith,
0: Braden Smith, one
1: pressure on the
0: night. He did a really good job, and and I'll say this: I don't think T.J. Watt looked right. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I mean, know. it's it's hard to come back when you you know miss the majority of the season. Then well, this is third game back. You know, yep. you kind of gotta like shake the rust off to a certain extent. I don't think he's playing to the caliber that you'd expect him to, but. You know, there's no doubt in my mind he'll get there over the next couple of
0: weeks. But well, thankfully,
3: Highsmith has been filling in really well for him all year.
0: I know the I know the, the the Bengals game really bothered T.J. Watt. You could see it after the game. I mean, he had a big pick. He made some plays, but he wanted that sack, and he had Burrow around the ankles in some key scenarios and couldn't get there. But tonight he looked, uh, or last night he looked a little bit like he he just wasn't right. You know, like when yep. my dad used to watch me play. Uh, after the game, he'd say something like, "You didn't look, you didn't look right out there," you know, which basically yep. means whether it was an injury or you know something was off mentally or whatever it was. That was TJ Watt last night, and I can remember watching him changing cleats on the sideline. I saw him in post game; they cut away pretty quickly, but he was limping. Like maybe something's going on with him. I, I know that it was an upper body injury that took him out for most of the year, but you know, when you're out of football, as you said, and you're working your legs back into it. It can be hard to get into shape, and you can also incur little dings um, that kind of compound what you're, what you're suffering from already. So T.J. Watt yeah. did not look great last night relative to his standards, but Smith stepped up with that sack on first down. And then second down, here's where the Jeff Saturday madness starts. Second and 17, Matt Ryan scrambles, you know the rest. But as they're rushing up to the line, and we'll get to the you know what Jeff Saturday could have or should have done, they're going to run a play here on third and short. With under a minute to go in the game they're on the top side of 30 seconds so they got time they rush up and uh, i believe that jeff saturday is trying to catch um the steelers in sub i mean they're in sub right now they got little guys on the field uh it's third and short you've got jonathan taylor i have no problem with the call i have no problem with the call and I, i know a lot of people made a big deal about this call because Myself included, I haven't been a fan, I was not a fan of how Jeff Saturday was hired, but I am a, a fan of Jeff Saturday. I think a lot of people are waiting for him to make that big mistake, and they're like, ah, oh, we got it right here. The mistake was not running a play on third and short into, uh, into a nickel front, you know, a nickel front seven. I mean, I, actually, if you freeze frame that shot as Alex Highsmith, the hero, is making that play on third and short for a TFL – you can see it, Jonathan Taylor's got one guy to make miss at the sticks, and he's got a first down. So that's all you can ask for. Um, I, I, I have no problem with that call. The problem is Jelani Woods, who had a great game, Wahoo Wah, Virginia guy. Jelani Woods had the best game of his career, but on third and short, they're, they're hurrying to get lined up, and they run a play, at a gun, and Woods can't cut Highsmith off. And that, to me, is the problem. You know, a lot of times we second guess things and we say, that was the call. But the call was the right one, and the call probably yields a first down. If your tight end, who's a fucking, he's, he's an oak tree, the guy's enormous, can, can get something on Highsmith, who makes the play on, second down, on, on third down and short, which forces fourth and a couple of yards. And here's what happens on fourth and a couple of yards. Alex Highsmith goes bull rush, and he gets Matt Ryan off the spot. You know the rest, incomplete pass. So three plays, Alex Highsmith out of four, directly impacts the outcome of this game. Hats off to him, game ball to him, um, and, and another guy that looked really good was, uh, was, was uh, Snell in, in, in Snell. relieving Najee Harris. And I know for a lot of Pittsburgh fans, Najee Harris is a little bit of a disappointment, which I, I don't like using that word because I think he's still a solid player um, and that sort of thing, but the, you know, a lot of people probably would say the offense runs better with somebody else. Let's, let's see somebody else a different type of back. Um, Snell had a nice game.
1: 12 for 62 and a touchdown. Uh, Najee has had a tough year because that offensive line yeah. hasn't been, you know, for the last couple of years. Now, yeah. obviously, last year he had a really solid rookie season, hasn't been able to replicate it in part due, um, or in part because of the offensive line. But it was interesting to see Benny do much better with the same tools.
0: Yeah, really. And, you know, sometimes being elusive when you have an offensive line that's, that's not, you know, a 10 out of 10 group, and you, you've got some you've got some garbage to sift through. Maybe some people are missing blocks. Like having a guy who's got a little bit more burst, a little bit more elusiveness can be a good thing. You know, you think a big back can break a lot of tackles and clean your mess up. I really think Benny Snell looked good last night. Um, here's here's the here's the the argument that's raging: Is Jeff Saturday wrong? And as I said earlier, I have no problem with rushing your team up with one timeout to go. You had plenty of time uh and and running into sub because i believe that's what he was doing i I thought for a second last night that matt ryan slid uh or dove forward at the sticks and thought his second little skid carried him over the sticks and i remember him looking up and looking to the sideline to see if he got the first down and i'm not sure if matt ryan was 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 uh aware that he didn't have the first down initially but i gotta think by the time they snapped that ball they know the sticks The play was not the problem. The timeout that Jeff Saturday should have taken, and you always do this in two minutes, it's like a cardinal sin not to, is when you take a sack, you you call a timeout, and you regroup. That's where yeah, you take you have your time to. out. That's where yeah. you take your time out. Now the sacks
3: kill so much time in two minute. It's like a twenty second play minimum. Yeah, you it's like trying to, to run out. the
0: field goal team out there. I mean, you got some people thirty yards down the field, you got Matt Ryan yeah. back there at seven yards. You and got- just
3: just to regroup your team emotionally mm-hmm. after a play like that in two minute, like, okay, we took a sack, like, let's fucking call this timeout, let's get back on track, let's you know what I mean? Yeah. So I agree with you completely there. And and <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty in that third down play. So it's you know everyone's kind of sitting here saying the same thing but like do you call the do you call the timeout before the play and you know allow them to change and just get into your best possible run it's hindsight 2020 I agree with you there run that shit into sub with you know with a it's one block to beat. And, yeah. You know, you, you were completely right about that. So it's but it's the, the one after the sack is the killer. It's like you have to call a timeout
0: there. And if you and if you don't get it on third down, you can regroup and call a timeout then. If you get it if you get a first down, you can spike it. You get a fresh mm-hmm. set of downs, you can save a timeout for, you know, another sack or you know, because Matt Ryan, I mean, every time he drops back, I'm nervous. Uh, you can save a timeout for that situation since you you you, you pass it up on the last sack. There's all types of, of ways that this game could have played out. But the bottom line is people are looking for Jeff Saturday to fail. Yeah. I, I am I am not one of those people. I, I, I am assuming that he will fail because he doesn't have the experience as a head coach. And I mean, even if he he, he plays he coaches this team into a respectable final record this year, he keeps him in the hunt. The offseason team building, the whole team the whole thing is a totally different ball game. So I'm not one of these people that's rooting against Jeff Saturday. I can look at this objectively. I don't think that was a a bad deal. I mean, people had criticized him early in the game because uh, Matt Ryan ran up to the line to to run a quarterback sneak in fourth and short, and they don't run it quickly. You know, they kind of sit there for a second, and then he snaps the ball and picks up the first down. You know people are looking for things to criticize him about i i, I actually don't mind running us running up to to call a sneak and having the d-line sit there for 25 seconds or whatever it is and you know kind of kind of get stiff waiting uh and and snap. i like that I, I actually like a play where where you rush up it looks like you're trying to call you know uh freeze people or or, or get them to jump off sides and then you actually run your play after that thought has has yeah. entered their mind so I there's a few things that people are on Jeff Saturday about. The one thing that I would criticize him for is not calling a timeout after the sack. That's it.
3: Yeah. Chris, I mean, you're right. Jeff Saturday is definitely in our microscope just because of his coaching experience and the ways he was hired. And, like, people are kind of looking for him to fail. But these timeout kind of mistakes at the end of the game are sometimes impossible. You know, it's it feels like an impossible situation under fire. And there's another one with yep. Todd Bowles and the in the Bucks at the end of the – Bucks-Browns game that the Bucks eventually lost in overtime where, you know, Todd Bowles, who's not, you know, he's a, a more experienced head coach and a very experienced D coordinator. he like, been a he head coach. Exactly. And he's not, you know, Jeff Saturday coming off coaching Georgia high school football or whatever, but um, he made a mistake too at the end of the, the game with the Browns that, you know, potentially cost them the game in overtime. So these are things that, you know, are. I feel like they happen kind of every week across the league.
0: Well, it's funny because I had the Bucks minus three, as I've talked about on this show, and that was crushing watching Njoku catch that ball. But I never once thought, and I wasn't thinking like a head coach, call a timeout before that play. It's fourth and ten. You're up seven. If they convert, you're going to want time to, to drive down the field and score. And they did not call a timeout. That that's a thirty forty second difference, and it's a field goal situation. You have an opportunity to kick a field goal and win. So I think that that would have been absolutely the right call, yeah. and way more of a slam dunk, uh, easy decision than what Jeff Saturday had to make. Uh, I so I guess the point being, and I'm not you know letting Jeff Saturday off the hook because I think they should open that job search up in the in the off season, look for a real coach. Um, the, the Todd Bowles mistake was worse relative yeah. to the to the experience he has, which I'm told like you know it makes you immune to making these decisions. <laughs> or right. not making these decisions. <laughs> so he doesn't take a timeout. And then when they get the ball back, they have a big chunk play. They have a couple chunks or whatever it is, and they're eight seconds away after a Julio Jones reception. They're right there. They have an, a chance to be in field goal range. They don't take a timeout uh, early in that drive. They have plenty of time. They can call that timeout, and they'll have more time to actually kick the field goal at the end of the game. So two instances at the end of that ball game where Todd Bowles yeah. was caught with his pants down.
3: But what's interesting to me, Chris, is like, you know, if you look at Jeff Saturday with Matt Ryan and Bowles with Tom Brady, these are two incredibly experienced quarterbacks that have kind yeah. of been there before, you know? And what I was thinking about is like, was is Bowles kind of waiting for Brady to take the, you know, you know, kind of take ownership for those uh, timeouts on the field kind of thing. You know, right, it just I, feels yeah. like like Bowles is kind of playing that safe, playing that for a tie that obviously did not work out. And he went in the media afterwards and talked about how, You know he didn't want the quarterback to throw an interception it's like okay you know that's all well and good if it's you know a first-year quarterback like Kenny Pickett or whatever you got you know Tom Brady here um trying to lead your team down the field for a you know for a field goal like it should definitely be doable and you want to preserve as much time as as possible so it's 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 just interesting it feels like a mistake um that you
0: know Bowles didn't necessarily own up to The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold, frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meet a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there, and the the best play to make on a Sunday is an ice cold Miller Lite in a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace, yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original, and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice cold Miller Lite uh, at at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and I got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25 Get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789.
1: So last night we had a, uh, the Colts mascot pie to fan. Uh, that was fun, but we also had another mascot, um, this, uh, this weekend, Jackson DeVille, he popped on with a little banana hammock action. And, uh, Bo, I know you wanted to give out a, uh, Miller light mention for him. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. but do you think he took the Florida man a little too far?
3: No, I actually kind of love that. He leaned into it. He, you know, I, I don't know that. That's definitely drip king of the week for me, Jackson DeVille. <laughs> like, you know, like you don't get a lot of opportunities, opportunities to shine as a mascot. And he leaned into it, man. He had that banana hammock on. He was, I know, they got that pool, uh, you know, field side and, in jacksonville uh i kind of like that maybe take a dip in the pool afterwards maybe take some
0: mushrooms i'm looking at these <laughs> sometimes i look at mascots and i'm like that would be like a performance enhancing drug for these guys <laughs> just load them up on on, uh, up on, on boomers on like boomers. wearing a banana, banana hammock watching the game yeah man yeah. look how much fun he's having and and you know what i thought that was actually pretty uh, he threw on the banana hammock to cover the bulge which was a, which was a nice thing to do uh, I think yeah. full Florida man would have been out there.
2: I don't know if he is having I, fun. You can't tell if he's smiling underneath that mask.
0: That's the beauty he's, of it though. I, I would love to walk crying around. Under a there. Mask. <laughs> I would love to walk around wearing a mask. Just hide my sadness. Uh <laughs> Chris, you okay, man. I'm
1: good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just the Lakers, Maybe we just Grand need to get you
3: in a, a banana hammock. Just LeBron.
1: You know? That'll cheer you up. LeBon. A couple betting wins for the soccer. That's game all we need.
0: Afternoon. We had the soccer game, so but, yeah, yeah. So
1: we another mascot the uh, C- Seahawks' twelfth man took it a little too literally. <laughs> um, yeah. We had a player who I think after an interception, a Seahawks player ran onto the field. I think because he thought that uh, he was down by contact, he wanted to celebrate with the player who was uh, who had picked up it's the pass guy. Play. He comes off yeah. the field, uh, comes off the sideline, and then he realizes the play is still going on and so he starts running so he wasn't make he didn't want to make it obvious but you could tell he didn't want to touch anybody yes. to nullify the play yeah well, he, he, he i love
3: been, that though i can I, I would love to see that in the team meeting or like in the meeting room the next day you know
1: uh-huh. like, fuck it get a
0: block you know i love uh, that the biggest it's like shame, act like you
3: belong
2: you know what i'm the saying the biggest
0: shame is they lost that game and the defense was a yeah. big part of why they lost that game and so Darrell Taylor um, who runs on the field and thinks that, you know the ball's down and he's going to celebrate with his teammates and then gets caught, you know, kind of in the middle of a flash mob. He's just out there like, "What the fuck do I do? Um, yeah, I, I see why he made the mistake. it's It's petrifying, and it would have been fun had they won the game in the film room, but since they lost yeah. the game, I feel like this was probably like, come on, man. Uh, Code break. He's going to get a fine in his locker too.
3: And the best part is like the refs didn't notice it during the game. You know, it was everyone like snitching on him.
1: (laughs) And at least he ran on the field with his helmet on. He didn't, you know, he he wasn't with the players sitting on the sideline without his helmet. Um, but yeah, he, uh, that's hilarious
3: though. But I mean, imagine like you get like a $12,000 fine in your locker on Wednesday for that. I don't know if like, they I can like, fine you for that. I've, I've never seen know, somebody get for, fined for
0: 12 men on the for field leaving yet. the, uh, yeah, but I Especially guess cause like it
3: leaving gone. the bench area is what yeah. I was thinking of, but they, I guess that's yeah. more like fight related, You know, it's but funny. that reminds me, go ahead. I was going to say like, that reminds me a little bit of, uh, in the Super Bowl with the Bengals and the Rams, Vernon Hargraves, uh, got a penalty for being on the field, but he was in street clothes. Like I think he had flip-flops on. Yes, I don't know if it's kind of an obscure play, but I remember that. And I just made me think back on that. Like at least exactly what you said like he had a helmet on and then the wherewithal the like because you know he had that moment where he's like oh fuck, this play is mm-hmm. live and there's like a split split second to to turn around and run up field to pick up a block is just so
0: well funny. that's so funny like, you what was he
3: thinking you, for two seconds this, you brought up vernon
0: hargraves i forgot about that like how about getting being the first player to get a penalty in shower shoes like ever and do it at the yeah. Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl, too. And what do you even say if you're a coach? Like, what do you
3: even say? You know, you're, you're exact, what do you say to, you, you know, Ferdinand Hargraves in that situation? Yeah,
0: well, the, the year was, is over in three hours. So, exactly. like, chances are yeah. this guy might not be on the team, right? You know, yeah. so. Uh, I can't
1: remember if he was injured or if he was on the practice squad or, you know, one of the traveling members. But if he was injured, the coaches are probably looking at him like, are you really that injured? Yeah, yeah right. You're in sprint <laughs> right. onto the field. I remember or we, we had a guy
0: in crutches in college who was on IR and, after we beat Maryland on a game-winning uh, stop on fourth down, you could see the wide shot. The crutches went up in the air, and the dude, and his name was Mike Brown, runs out to the middle of the field and celebrates with everybody else. So, you know, sometimes you can tell on yourselves in those situations, uh, but I think Mike was really actually banged up. It reminds me of something. There's a guy around here named Joe Geek who was a – you know, Reed, you probably are familiar with Joe Geek. He's like kind of a legend at the McHugh Center over there, Virginia, legend. He was a longtime team doctor. Um, and he wears a cowboy hat. He's like 75 years old. He's fucking, he's a he's a legend. Um, but back in the 80s or 90s, uh, I don't know if it was Florida State or who it was, but he ran out and tried to trip a guy. You know, there was a pick six, and my man steps off the sidelines and sticks his foot out. Now, this is back before we had every angle and social media and that sort of thing, but um, it, it definitely reminds me of uh, Joe Geek sticking his foot out in an ACC battle. Oh, do we have that? We have it. Wow. 1995. 1995, Joe Geek sticks his <laughs> foot out and tries to trip. Tri- I don't know who he's, what team they're playing.
1: Florida State.
0: Florida State. He
1: was 57 at the
0: time. He was 57 in 1995. So that makes him, this is uh, 28, 27 years later. He's 57. He's 84 years old now. And I guarantee you, if he was on the sideline, he'd do it again.
3: He said, You can I, get away with that at 84, though. You, know, you can get
0: away yeah. with a lot when you're almost 90 years old. Hell yeah, dude. I can't wait to get, rid of, get away with some shit. He when He said,
1: there uh, I thought Shitting about tackling him, but I'd be rated <laughs> down on poor form.
0: Honestly, though, he, he, he can't get away with anything. This dude's sharp as a tack at 87. I see him at the gym in his cowboy hat. Okay. Ooh. So, um, what else? So, Read
1: t- talking about um, some uh, some dinged up players. We had a couple of dinged up coaches. Sean McVay get pops gets popped. Oh, in the, uh, look at his noggin. face!
3: Oh, yeah, he kinda line, sm- kind of got smacked on that. That's one that you don't see at all, you know. And he, you could tell he was a little shook from that for a while. They they were like uh, they asked him about oh. him. I think the sideline reporter asked him about it he's like, yeah, that one got me pretty good. It's like, yeah, we, yeah, we know, we, we fucking saw. saw. Hit him in his,
0: <laughs> you, you know, if you hit somebody inside of the jaw, it can shut down the carotid artery. Right. And that, uh, that's night-night to the brain. And um,
1: and we had Nick Saban getting popped. I did not um, see
0: Nick Saban getting popped.
1: So same kind of situation, got hit by a player, uh, but he had a big old cut on his cheek uh, from the Iron Bowl, Alabama and Auburn. They came up with the big win, but um, – Nick had some uh, battle scars, probably some battle scars. First battle scar he's had you know, from a football game probably in a long time.
0: Well, listen, uh, it looks like he was riding the back of uh, Bobby Petrino's motorcycle, and Bobby took the worst <laughs> of it. I mean, that's all I think. it looks like a little minor road rash from Nick Saban.
2: His comment was weird, though. He's, he said that unlike some of his players, he didn't have to go to the medical tent.
0: Ah, uh, well, maybe a joke. Oh, wow. oh, he's, he's, just yeah, he yeah, he's just wait. waiting for that one. Yeah, he couldn't wait. players' pussies. I love it. You know, when it comes to, like, coaches getting injured, I've seen a few coaches get injured on the sideline. I've seen coaches tear their ACLs. I've seen coaches break their legs. That always makes me – it gives me the heebie-jeebies when somebody who's unathletic gets their legs taken out because they, right. they just don't have like if, if an NFL player gets his legs taken out, like the other, the other night, Lane Johnson, now he's ready for this. He's running in space uh, to go block up a screen. And one of these DBs who's penalized for the play comes in and knifes his knee out. And actually, if he was if he was playing on turf, that's, Seriously. that's an ACL that or whatever it ugly, is. His yeah. foot didn't get stuck in the turf, but we're great athletes. Like, you know, even, even though, uh, we're, you know, we may not be the best athletes in the game, you and me, Bo, but, if somebody whoa, ran whoa, into whoa, us, <laughs> if somebody ran into us on the sidelines, we have kind of the the built in proprioception, balance, like reactive uh, kind of skill set that allows us to overcome a catastrophic injury. These coaches are sitting ducks; like they haven't yeah. done shit all week. But the the elliptical, and so like when a player <laughs> comes out there on the sidelines, uh, it's night night. Uh, if somebody's running down low. And, uh, and tabletops, uh, an assistant coach. I've seen coaches get hurt, and it was their fault. I, Chuck Cecil, I tell this story sometimes, was, uh, he was an amazing. Look up Chuck Cecil on YouTube. You don't have to do it right now. But Chuck Cecil was like an animal out there on the field. He was a safety back in the 80s, and this is before they called any penalties. He was like a psycho. I mean, he was, like, an absolute psycho. And he was Jeff Fisher's longtime assistant. And Chuck Cecil used to come up to me before the games and want to headbutt me without a helmet on. So he would headbutt me repeatedly, like, right before kick. And then I'd run out there, and as I was running out there, I was, like, thinking to myself, like, what a crazy motherfucker. And I can remember coming back out after a three-and-out, the first drive of the game, and seeing Chuck Cecil being tended to by the medical staff with blood (laughs) on his face. (laughs) So, you know, these coaches, man um it is a contact they just want to feel
3: alive man the coaches he needed that yeah did you see the clip of the the college kid from
1: Pitt bashing his helmet i think it was what was that about i don't know i I want to look more into that i couldn't tell if he was like excited because if you extend it just before he's talking it looks they looks they look like they're talking about something great that happened he's walking down the bench and then just slams it
3: Maybe it was like, a you know, the stupid, stupid, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get to the bottom but the of that one. The
1: bench reaction. is bench reaction great. Uh, But also That's that,
3: like, remember Owen Schmidt? Remember Owen oh, Schmidt yeah. did, did the same thing with the helmet, and then he had the blood running down his face? That okay. fucking psycho. That yeah. The best.
0: Well, listen, 95 for Pitt. I mean, uh, Devin Danielson. I think he's fucking around. I, I do because he him and his buddy are laughing, and I don't know if he's doing it to get a rise out of the. They're up 42 to 16. What can you be upset about? You're playing Miami. Seriously. You know? so. but, but the way he
3: did, like, it's not like he didn't pull that helmet at all, you know? No. But it's great to see the reaction of the guys in the bench. and He kind of took that like a champ.
0: Too, yeah, no so. question.
3: If you're doing draft analysis on him, does that help or
2: hurt his stock?
3: Oh. Uh. I mean, I kind of like a little psycho in my football players, you know. I feel yeah, like you need that a little bit. <laughs>
0: what What Pittsburgh football player got hit harder by a helmet? Uh, Mason Rudolph or this guy, <laughs> <laughs> Devin Danielson? Uh, he's got what it takes at the next level. It just like it, it turn him into an offensive guard, and when they have to block Miles Garrett, you just you just send him out there to fight Miles Garrett, try to get Miles ejected.
1: Yeah,
3: just helmet on helmet contact.
0: Go ahead.
1: Uh, real fast before we get to Bo's mentions, Bo, I just texted you a, uh, tweet. I want you to tell me the first thing that jumps out at you. It's a screenshot of the, uh, Volkswagen it Italy, uh, their Instagram page. I love that volts.
3: It's swag genitalia. That's (laughs) that's what it looks like. It's like that brief little moment a couple weeks ago where, uh, like Twitter kind of became the Wild West again, and people were, were buying verified profiles and like tweeting whatever they wanted, you know. So like for a second, I thought it was one of those, but that's their actual account. I love that. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm be up I wish when you had that with the with the with the Delta remember that? thats the, that was like the early days of that yeah
0: back in the day when I used to get get people uh, you know people complain about their flight and I would I would change my header and my profile picture and, and my my name and I would be like Spirit Airlines and tell them to shut the fuck up and, and get cozy yeah, in the,
3: we don't give a fuck about you yes yeah, yeah pay it's us been, our bag fees and shut the fuck up. It's been
0: a weird couple of weeks on Twitter yeah got a you, lot got, of
1: uh, you got you got and, and you almost got Mark Ingram. Oh yeah,
0: I did kind of get Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: think uh, I think he responded and he was like, "Dude, I almost called you right away and cussed you out." <laughs> yeah,
0: he was mad. Yeah. Well, no, he was he uh, was laughing.
1: Right laughing, but yes. yeah, he said he was pissed for a second. Yes. Bo, um what mentions you got for us from NFL week um, 12?
3: Yeah, let me just shift gears a little bit. We already talked about Jackson DeVille, drip king of the week, wearing the banana, banana hammock, really making us all drip. Um, <laughs> you like a furry? I was trying, Yeah, exactly. You know got those people with a fetish for that? Out. Yeah, you're looking at one. Do you baby. think
0: there were a couple furries in the crowd Sunday? 100%. That were, like, kind of turned on by Jackson maybe, DeVille.
3: Maybe even on the field. You know the players are, like, looking at that. You know how, like, they on the sidelines of games, like during a dull moment, like a TV timeout or something. Like you look around
0: and just see some of the weird shit that's happening. You're like, huh. Like you just turn around, your mascots and a banana. Mm-hmm. Bag, you know? Well, it, in Jacksonville, I've always said this. They do some of the wildest stunts, man. They do some of the scariest, most dangerous stunts. And they don't just do them. Uh, they do them in Florida, where I'm pretty sure like if you're going to go to a carnival or a state fair. Florida is like a bottom five state to do that because I just don't trust that everybody tightened the the nuts and bolts. You know, I just don't trust that somebody tied off Jackson DeVille's uh, rappel line (laughs) tight enough. Like, I've always felt like they deserve like a Lloyd's of London insurance policy. Like, Jackson DeVille should have a $5 million insurance policy. And now, yeah. what else? Can, what what can he do? He can he can There's sexualize nothing. himself. He can be risky. <laughs> this is one of the like best most
3: picks. teams would have the like the cheerleaders sexualize themselves, but like the Jags went with the
0: mascot. You okay, know? maybe I kind of uh, love that pitch. Two minute know? break. Uh, two minute break here. I want you to give me your, your favorite NFL mascots. Sexually or just? just oh, okay. you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Which which ones would you actually? <laughs> <laughs> uh nfl mascots give, give me take a break and and uh we'll, we'll rank the mascots
3: okay let me i can hit some of these uh miller light mentions yeah go ahead um so uh i want to give a shout out for man dog of the week i really love the bengals um front seven against the titans i thought they really like dj reader and those guys were really prepared but i want to give a shout out to uh, logan wilson the inside linebacker number 55 for the bengals Uh, They did a really good job against the Titans and um, Derrick Henry, their run game. So Logan Wilson had nine tackles, a TFL and a PBU. um, But really that whole front seven played really, really well. Um, You know, Henderson and and the rest of the guys. So that was fun to watch. Um, Pretty physical matchup there between the Bengals and the Titans. You see Ted Karras running off the field saying, like, fuck Nashville. Kind of love that fire out of him, too. So, uh, you know, that's my... uh, that's my man dog of the week. Uh we kinda I've kinda reserved that one for, you know, um interior D linemen. <laughs> but uh give that one to a linebacker. And then uh locker room guy of the week wanted to go with Dev McCordy. Saw a really cool thing where uh Robert Kraft um, was honoring Dev for two hundred starts as a Patriot, which is Definitely something to be commended. If you're in an organization for 200 starts, it's impressive. Yes. I think it's even more impressive when it's that organization um, because they can be very cutthroat, with some of their veteran players. But, you, I mean, you know this Chris. Dev is an amazing guy and uh, kind of does everything right. And to see him honored, he got a cool um, kind of like a a mashup compilation photo of all of his 200 starts and saw Matt Slater give him some love too. So, those are two football players I'm a huge, huge
0: fan of, so I want to give Dev a shout-out for uh, Locker Room Guy of the Week. You know, and 200 starts, that's kind of getting up there in the Hall of Fame. You know, like, There's not a lot of people that start yeah, 200 games in the NFL, incredible. let alone the first, yeah. you know, on the same team. So, you know, right. I, I know that doesn't factor into, you know, getting a gold jacket, and we're not talking about Devin McCourty in that way, but go look at a list of guys who have started 200 games in the NFL. There's not too, too many. Um, well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah,
3: I mean, I don't think there's probably more than you'd expect. I wonder how um, many people –
0: Reed, can you find out how many
1: people have 200 starts
0: in the NFL? Okay, Reed, continue with your rundown.
1: Um, We had uh, 16 total. Devin McCourty, Randall McDaniel – uh, 1989 to 2002. Gene Upshaw, 1967 to 1981. Peyton Manning, 98 to 2011. Derek Brooks, 96 to 2008. Eli Manning, oh four to 2017. Jim Otto, 1967. All to Hall of 74. Famers so
0: far. Yeah. Uh,
1: London Fletcher. Yep. 2000 to 2013. Rondé Barber, 99 to 2012. Alan Page, 67 to 81. Will Shields, 93 to 2006. Bruce Matthews, 87 to 2002. Philip Rivers, 2006 to 2021. Mick Tinglehoff.
0: Okay, I don't know Mick Tinglehoff. (laughs) He might be a kicker.
1: He's a a center for Minnesota, 62 to 1978. Uh, He is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. 2015, his 32nd year of eligibility. Bill Romanowski. Uh, 1988 to 2003. I did not realize he had that many consecutive starts. he's not a Hall of
0: Famer. I don't think he's going to make the Hall of
1: Fame. Jim Marshall, uh, 1961 to 79, and Brett Favre, 297. Wow, real fast. Here are the um, here are the players that joined Devin McCordy with 200 uh, career starts. Current players: Devin, 200; Clayus Campbell at 204; then Dwayne Brown at 210. We've got Mercedes Lewis at 216. Wow, Aaron Mercedes Rogers. Lewis. He just keeps doing it. We want him to score a touchdown, yeah. though. He's just blocking in Green Bay. We want that touchdown. Then we've got Aaron Rodgers and Jason Peters both at 218. Matt Ryan, 232. And Tom Brady. Can you, either of you guys guess Tom Brady's number? 276. No. no. 305. Um, I'm taking the over on 276. Uh,
3: 327. Sorry. Wow. And actually, um, I mean, it's not 200, but I did see Sunday night football. They brought up Kels at 170. Wow. Which is impressive. Um, Just, you know, as a center in today's game and everything they ask him to do. I mean, I know we suck him off a lot, but 170 games is really
0: impressive. Was it Deshaun Kaiser, the interview? Yeah. Uh, They said that, you know, the first thing that Aaron Rodgers asked him, like, you know, uh, when you're a rookie, generally you walk in, they're like, go get me some Popeyes, kid. Or something like that. Aaron Rodgers is like, do you believe in 9-11? eleven? You're yeah. like, ah, oh, this is almost worse. Here's here's your what um, is um, the right answer. Here's
3: your day one install. And then also here's this informational uh pack pamphlet that I printed off about nine eleven. Please yes. please study both. You'll be quizzed on them. The US Senate, they're all lizards.
0: <laughs> you know, like he's in there with the laser pointer.
3: I know, but that's the best thing about NFL lockers, man, It's like, oh that never happened to me. like
0: that really <laughs> No, oh, not my first uh my first day at work, uh, mm-hmm. I introduced myself and like extended my hand, and all the vets were like mm. yeah you know, I, I don't
3: think I spoke a word to any of the vets for like literally three months at the time it was seventh round draft pick. It's like, okay, let's just come in here and just shut the fuck up.
0: yeah, um, nobody gave like, me a pamphlet on like uh Roswell. When I walk, maybe, maybe we should
3: like, you know how they do like, um, they have like, you know like when the rookies train for like the combine and stuff they'll like have them around older players like mm-hmm. tell them what to expect to go into the building
1: mm-hmm.
3: let's just have guys let's just get them trained up in conspiracy theories and shit so like they're just ready to you know come in guns blazing for roger goodell is going to
0: talk to you guys at 10 a.m this morning and then the entire <laughs> cast of ancient aliens will be joining us at 11 a.m followed by aaron rogers talking about chemtrails yeah. do you know that like the deshaun kaiser news broke and i was reading that in 2010, somebody alleged that he believed that you know he was he was on the chemtrails thing. Like this, this came out in 2011. Like we've been we've been knowing this. Yeah. So um, I love that. Man. And listen, I think a lot of people think I, I hate Aaron Rodgers or something. You know, uh, because they assume that the vaccine thing just made him the biggest persona non grata in the history of the uh, the world. Like if that. Where the approach I'm taking to evaluating human beings, like I can't talk to half the people on the planet, so uh, I, I really I have no big issue with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's just very entertaining. You know what he's I mean? He's so
3: easy and fun to hate on, though. Like,
0: yes, but he's very he's great. very entertaining. It's very entertaining. Right. Like, the, the, you know, I'm so glad we have the post game pressers. I'm so glad we have him on McAfee. I'm so glad he's talking about his conspiracy theories. Yeah, and um, ayahuasca and everything
3: involved. It's a fascinating peek into the mind of a, of a Hall of Fame quarterback. Of a Hall
0: of Fame, one of the best to ever do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'll tell you who, who, uh, who I'm not, if I was a furry, I'm telling you who I'm not going to let hit, Poe. The, the kind of scary. Oh my. I was actually going to
3: put Poe up there. I kind of like that as a raven. He's got that macabre uh, vibe. With you
0: know, yeah, he does. He does. I think we can yeah. rank these another kind of like the hot goth girl of the of the mascot. Group. Steely McBeam from Pittsburgh is on the DNF, the Do Not Fuck list <laughs> for the. Uh, for the furries throw, out
1: there. And throw all the birds in there. Big Red, Swoop, Poe, Blitz, <laughs> all of them. Damn, you really know your bird mascots, l- right? Like yeah, man. Sir
2: Purr from the Carolina Panthers.
1: Kind of like a metrosexual panther.
0: He's a metro. He's metro? He's like the pink panther. Uh-huh. I mean. uh-huh. now, but- now,
1: Sourdough Sam... 49ers mascot that's somebody I like who that mascot you could get into bed with what about okay. the
3: what about the browns elf you know yeah yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 the stevious little fucker yeah the brownie he might be
0: up there for me he could be up there rory the, the, uh, the Browns mascot brownie's got the smallest piece of any of the mascots for sure if that he's fact not is. rocking the he's not rocking the banana hammer. No, 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 no. He's gotta hide that thing. I love how
3: we like lay out the pod like shit we want to talk about and we just end up talking about like hottest mascots.
0: I mean <laughs> Which mascots a, would you fuck? I mean sour like a, Sam, like a... if he was a human being, he's got like that that butt chin, nice yeah. jawline.
1: And I love the I don't know uh, flipper though. You I love know? the the minor hats where it's flat on the front. It's the cowboy hat, but flat on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. There's also Sir Saint, the American uh-huh. dad looking Sir Saint. Got the big old chin.
0: Nobody, hey, listen, the the Chargers don't have a mascot right now. Is that true? Boltman, remember Boltman? Yeah. Bolt Man's,
1: which is too bad because Boltman was pretty badass.
0: Why would they not have a mascot? I also, that on Wikipedia, no Las Vegas Raiders, there, there's a guy named Raider Rusher. Um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be Josh Jacobs on my Google image search. Yeah, Rainer Rusher. He's a fucking weird looking guy.
3: I mean, if this is, if Jackson Deville has taught me anything, it's like, you want to put, you know, let's, let's hyper sexualize these mascots.
0: Yeah, no question. Like, I want to
3: see Pat the Patriot out there in like assless chaps In a
2: G
0: string.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a musket, like mm-hmm. a huge musket, like with those, it's like a, like an elephant gun, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, let's see that. Let's, uh, we don't need to sexualize cheerleaders anymore, you know. It's I don't think we need to
0: sexualize cheer- cheerleaders at all, Bo. Well, speaking yeah, of that, yeah. did you see the the male cheerleader in Carolina in, in Charlotte? I fly on the wall. People whose heads exploded, like the guy in the front row of the Clayton Bigsby <laughs> rally uh, on the Dave Chappelle <laughs> show when they saw a, a male cheerleader. Oh my God! Woke, woke NFL. <laughs> not my nfl not Chris. my nfl
3: <laughs> meanwhile like all the players are wearing pants so tight you can just see a dick playing on
0: every player <laughs> yeah well you know not just no that, we like, can't have male cheerleaders yeah well we watched we watched football all saturday with a bunch of male cheerleaders and then you know you give the guys some pom-pom sunday and a bunch of a bunch of fucking uh seventh day adventists <laughs> just melt down probably i would imagine
3: Sourdough right. Sam. I didn't even know that was the mascot for the, the 49ers. Why sourdough? Anyway, Because that's, that's where they got the sourdough starter, man, back in, the, back in San Francisco with the, I don't know, the gold rush. Okay.
0: Oh, guys, guys, guys. Bakers bakers found the loaves they were making out in the American West had pleasant, tangy taste. But why? It turned out that San Fran's famously foggy climate was and is the perfect environment for the Wild West yeast cells and naturally occurring bacteria that give sourdough its characteristic flavor. That's why he's sourdough Sam. Yeasty. Yeah, educational podcast, okay. Black Friday is here, and I think we all know what that means. It's time to get your Cuts Essentials for next year. To us at Greenlight, nothing is more essential than some closet staples. That's why we go with Cuts. Not only are they some of the best clothes out there, but right now for the next few days only, they're running their 25 to 50% off site-wide Black Friday sale. Cuts makes professional-looking performance apparel so you can feel comfortable at work or out on the town. Every Cut shirt is designed to provide a perfectly tailored fit, and they're insanely comfortable. Cuts has perfected the art and science of men's shirts, so you can throw one on and look great without ever thinking twice about it. We've been seeing cuts everywhere lately, and especially on NFL Sunday with Joe Burrow, Rob Gronkowski, Patrick Mahomes, all the goats. They're rocking cuts. That's what they're doing these days. Cuts has totally revolutionized the traditional outdated t-shirt category. They make it easy to mix and match styles and colors so you can find the perfect style. Long sleeve Henley, no problem. Short sleeve crew neck, they've got it. Tees, hoodies, polos, and more are all available with cuts. These are some of the best quality shirts you'll ever own, and they're engineered to last. These aren't fast fashion shirts. These are cuts. Join hundreds and thousands of men who have already made the simple decision to elevate their wardrobe with cuts. Get 25 to 50% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash greenlight. That's C-U-T-S clothing.com slash greenlight for up to 50% off the only shirt worth wearing. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, Bo. How do we feel about that? Yeah,
3: so I could go on about this for a long time. Do it. Um, and Aren't I've no been, you home? know, seriously. But let me. I mean, that was a that was a tough transition there. I guess we're talking about Wisconsin with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But tough here's transition. the thing about me: no right? tough transition. <laughs> I'm a I'm a Wisconsin Badger purist, you know. So I like really am proud to be a Badger. I love the love the team. I love a lot of the traditions and and history and kind of the way that Wisconsin does things. And usually like I was very upset when, um, Wisconsin, you know, the new, so the athletic director is Chris McIntosh, Barry Alvarez, who's a legendary coach kind of brought, you know, made Badger football into what, what it is. He's revered around Wisconsin, revered in Madison, because he's an excellent coach. He's a great guy. Um, but he stepped down as athletic director and Chris McIntosh took over and you know, Paul Chris has he played at Wisconsin. He's been he played at Wisconsin in the eighties. He, you know, was a offensive coordinator at Wisconsin when I was there. He um, you know, briefly was a head coach for Pitt and then he came back to Wisconsin. So what I'm saying is he's always kind of been a Wisconsin guy, and Wisconsin is not typically a reactionary program. So to fire your our head coach, um especially a guy like Paul Chris, you know, whatever four games or whatever it was into the season, it kinda you know, really sat with me the wrong way. And there were a lot of, you know, former Badger football players in the NFL and things like that, that kind of came out in defense of um, Paul Chris, because he is truly a great guy and a great coach. So you're sitting there, you're kind of scratching your head, like, okay, we fired coach Chris four to, four games into the season. Like, why would you do such a thing? And and the answer at the time was because, you know, Jim Leonard, who's done a great job as defensive coordinator, the badgers you know we've had a very very good defense over the last four or five years um thank god yeah i know because you know a brand of wisconsin football is not sexy but we've been successful um and so you think that you're gonna you know replace paul chris with jimmy leonard and um you know he's gonna kind of take the the you know take the reins and he's gonna lead the program So that's, you kind of justify, you know, doing Coach Chris dirty because you're like, okay, well, you don't want Jimmy to go take a head job somewhere else, whether it's, you know, the Nebraska job that's open, you know, in the Big Ten. And I'm kind of getting a little long-winded here, but I'm just surprised, I guess I was initially very, very surprised um, that, you know, the the program and, you know, Chris McIntosh didn't hire, you know, Jim Leonard and kind of... What it says to me that they're going with Fickle, and I actually talked to you know Connor Barwin and Brent Selleck and Jason Kelsey about um, Luke Fickle because he was in Cincinnati and they've gotten to know him pretty well. But I don't know. Here's here are basically my thoughts. It's a little bit bittersweet because what it seems to me is like the end of you know kind of the historic Wisconsin way of doing things, which is you know the Barry Alvarez brand of running the football and you know kind of doing what Wisconsin does, not necessarily recruiting. Um, you know, super flashy uh, recruits and kind of building the program and, you know, getting guys from, you know, Minnesota, like where I'm from and Illinois and Wisconsin, and then getting, you know, bigger recruits from California and Jersey and and Florida and stuff like that. But what I think that this really is, is basically um, Wisconsin is kind of entering a new era you know, there's so much money in football now with the NIL. There's so much money in it now with the, the TV deals, and there's a lot of money in it for players too. And I think Wisconsin is trying to kind of change their approach to everything and really kind of enter this new NIL era of football. There's a new Big Ten, you know, USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten, which is Kind of strange to think about because they're you know west coast teams when you think of the big 10 you think of ohio state michigan wisconsin penn state michigan state and stuff like that so do i like do i think that luke fickle is a good hire i do i think he's a good head coach he's a nose guard i love that you know he strikes me as a kind of a tough guy he's done really well in cincinnati um you know he's a three three time state champion and um in Ohio as a wrestler, which is kind of a tough guy thing to do. Like they take wrestling pretty seriously in the fucking rust belt. Um, but I just, I guess I just really, really am afraid that Wisconsin is going to lose some of its identity, um, and try to do some of these sexy things. You know, like we just redid our, uh, you know, camp Randall, we just did a new, we did a new South end zone thing with kind of a VIP ticket deal they're putting in you know half a billion dollars into a new field house and stadium renovations and it just feels like part of the luke fickle hire which a lot of people are saying is a slam dunk is in response to the way that college football is trending with money and nil and and things like that and i've really enjoyed having ties to the wisconsin program through paul chris and jimmy leonard and a you're lot of cutting other... them now i'm not cutting them i'm just saying like i'm hoping that you know some of the I'm a proud Badger, man. And to see us fucking lose the, you know, Paul Bunyan's axe in oh. um, one of my favorite trophy games of all time. Like, I'm from Minnesota. So I was that's on like a Minnesota.
0: Fuck you, dude. Well, I didn't want to tell you
3: that.
0: Um, <laughs> you should be happy, man. I mean, like. You're, I, you're I'm happy. Like, I'm just saying, like, I love Coach Chris. I think
3: he's a great guy. I think they kind of did him a little bit dirty. Um, like, he should have a statue outside of Camp Randall. I'm really big into that staff. And kind of all, the Wisconsin way of doing things, it really made me a successful NFL football player. And I think Luke Fickle will, you know, bring, will, I think it's a good hire. Uh, yeah. I, do, I mean, but no. I'm just, you're buttered: it's hard because I'm not buttered. I just, am really loyal to Paul Christ and Jimmy Leonard. And yeah. um, I really, you know, I'm kind of, it's a little bittersweet. What if you know? I told I you they,
0: they, they were eyeing this up all year. I think that
3: they likely were, man. Yeah, I mean, like
0: Luke Fickle, on the surface, it doesn't feel like a lateral move because Wisconsin's a really great program, a group of five uh, program, um, you know, the whole thing. uh, And, and, you know, the recruiting and all that stuff is going to help, and his ties to Ohio and all that stuff. It doesn't feel like a lateral move, but you would have thought Luke Fickle and no offense to Wisconsin might have waited for a bigger job. And that's not like... But it I makes think
3: Wisconsin's a, attractive. It is. Destination. It is. Oh, it man. is.
0: I, I'm just outside looking in. I just thought Fickle. It's the same way I think about Matt Campbell, who actually is being talked about uh, for the Cincinnati job a little bit. Um, you know, Fickle would be a great fit for a number of reasons. You, you said like, hey, I'm, I'm more into building a program. We're getting, you know, I don't want to get flashy recruits. We want to build the right way and that sort of thing. He just did that at Cincinnati. Um, yep. He built that program up uh, from not nothing, but into a playoff team. And, uh, you know, he, he's he been a head coach before. He replaced Trestle in 2011 as an interim coach, which seems like a long time ago. Another plus for you is he's a nose guard. Good for you, Bo. Yeah. You talked about that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good fit with his Ohio roots, the whole thing.
3: and I think it's a good fit for Wisconsin, Chris. It's just... I, it's a changing of the guard, you know, Barry Alvarez is stepping down as athletic director. It's, it seems pretty clear that Chris McIntosh wants to kind of put his own stamp on Wisconsin football. And it it seems like kind of a depart. It seems yeah. like this might sound very surprising, but it's kind of a bold hire. Um, it's just Wisconsin getting out of its comfort zone. And I thought, you know, you know, this, Chris, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll shit on JJ Watt a lot and I'll, um, you know, I'll be, he had a tweet, JJ tweeted, Jim Leonard is one of the greatest and most beloved Badgers of all time. Really feel for him in this process. He represents everything great about Wisconsin. At the same time, incredibly excited about the Luke Fickle hire and the message it sends about our goals and expectations. I just think that's a very interesting tweet from JJ. It's true. Like, that's, a, that's a great treat, tweet that's very true, And it, but it's just so safe. And it just struck me as such a funny political tweet of kind of playing both you, sides but just, at the same just time mad. i really just, i really agree with it
0: i just really you don't like, like change Leonard. man you know you, you
3: wisconsin football doesn't like change you don't like but change it in general to
0: you don't like change no, in general no. like when you like to know exactly what's going on at all times and <clears> right <throat> now it feels like as a wisconsin guy you don't know what's going on but i'll tell you this like the one on. thing that i didn't and we'll play we'll play the pod off um to the song changes um ch 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 changes. <laughs> Bo you gotta deal with some change here. So just play yeah. me off as I as I rattle this off that um Luke Fickle had nine guys in the draft last year. Uh, that's third yeah. behind Georgia and, and I think Clemson. So like uh
3: To JJ's credit, there's a lot to be excited about for to for Badger football, but it's just
2: but I'm, I'm sad. still a little,
3: still a little raw, raw about you know Paul Chris, and I do. I mean, I really think Jimmy Leonard is a great coach. I think he will be a head coach. If not, I think he'll be a D coordinator. You know, for an NFL football team, he's going to get a big. You know, he's going to get a big role somewhere, and. I, I will get over it, Bo. It's been seven admit, it's minutes a, and you it, haven't been able to get over hire. it. You just, fucking, I told you I was going to get long winded in this. Well, no, I've been I, thinking don't, a lot about I don't so mind I you giving me anymore.
0: information, but you are just, you just, you just, just jump over the fence, dude. It's over. Paul Chris is I'm not- gone. They shit on Paul Chris. They, 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 they burnt the bridge. They fired Jim Leonard, too. They, they promised Jim Leonard all, but Luke Fickle is going to be a good hire for you guys and you need to get over it. Um, Oh, we oh, can revisit this. We'll next revisit season. it. But but does this make Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle or Pat Fitzgerald in a fight? Ooh. because that that that's I like, like
3: Fickle, man. Like yeah, nose guard in a three-time high school uh, state champ. I mean, there's a lot to say. That I actually saw a tweet from Joe Thomas, Wisconsin legend. Uh, he texted Vrabes, Mike Vrabel, and said, "Who wins in a fight?" you or uh, Luke Fickle. He tweeted that out, so we'll see if Raves get back. Honestly, I think I,
0: the fact that Luke has a, a wrestling background, that's what gives him the edge.
1: He looks the, like he could go dead eyes. Yes. Sometimes, you know, where he just looks at yeah. you and be like, you're done.
0: For sure, for sure. And that, and that, and that, and that, that factors into my analysis. Here, here's an interesting thing. The last thing I'll say about Luke Fickle, and then I want to just tell you about uh, an article I read from Mike Sando in The Athletic about coaching changes at the NFL level. But, Luke Fickle has a has a son. His oldest son, his name is let's see, uh, is it Landon Fickle? Um,
3: Dude, he's got two sets of twins.
0: Luke, uh, that's well, that's creepy. He well, he has one that's kid. A red flag. His Landon,
1: two sets of twins: that's Landon, Luca, twin sons, Aiden and Ashton. Okay, so, and then twin sons, Laken and Lucy. So
0: this is wild. Landon Fickle, and I'm sure they have this figured out at this point. It's not like an oh shit thing. I'm sure Landon Fickle knew this was coming. But Landon Fickle committed to Cincinnati as an offensive guard out of Moeller High School as part of the 2021 recruitment class. It's one thing to get recruited and the head coach leaves, but what about when you get recruited and the head coach is your dad and he leaves?
3: Yeah. I'm <laughs> oh! just like, uh, what the hell, dad? Like, give me a heads up here, man. Are you
0: transferring? Or are you just like, yeah, I think I'll stay in Cincinnati? um dad's too tough. dad doesn't give us dad dad does too much nine on seven <laughs> you know like hey dad yeah. we could use a break you know we could use a day off um yeah, or
3: like his wife his mom is in his ear like oh what's the kid's name Landon. landon's a little, How about, landon's a about a little banged up this week yeah Landon's a little banged up sweetie like maybe we'll go half pack
0: oh my god dude Thursday, if you're Landon uh, fickle that's got to be a tough one uh, or maybe you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, get that out of here. I've just- we had
3: this drill, uh, we called it badger drill. We did it every fucking day during camp. And it's basically just like, or it's like board drill. Remember that? Where you like line up a board and you just kind of like, it's like a toughness thing. Can you imagine Landon doing, doing badger drill? For all you that know, badger pos- drill,
0: you're you're not taking a, a good new hire real tough. You know? Well, you are just, you, did you like that one? Yeah. Did you? Did you- did you like that? Yeah, um, I, can I? Why don't we move on? Can We're, I talk to you about Mike Sando's article in the yeah, Athletic? And I think Mike Sando please, does a but great job. I actually job. have some
3: other random stuff I want to tell you about soon. Sure, sure. Yeah. Finish, well, yeah.
0: let me just let me just get this one out. Like I thought, I thought Sando had some really interesting things to say about the impending coaches coaching changes in the NFL. You should check. If you don't read Mike Sando, you're making a mistake. Um, Mike Sando was like uh, a Rams, basically an NF- NFC West reporter back in the day. And so I got to know him in, 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 uh, in my years in St. Louis and he's a great guy and a great writer. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting. He brings up John Harbaugh and, uh, or Jim Harbaugh, sorry. And, uh, when does he feel like he's done enough kind of that sort of thing? Because he's been at Michigan a long time now he's got them primed to, to make a playoff run. It feels like they're more for real than last year in some ways. Um, the unfinished business that he cited after a brush with the Vikings in January does that come up? Uh, the, the the jobs that are probably going to be openings, not, not to mention the ones that have already opened up. Houston, I think Arizona could be one. I think Denver could be one. These were all openings that Mike Sando cited. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if Lovey Smith gets the axe after just an, a year with that set up. Uh, I'm sure that won't. Was be. Was Vegas a, mentioned in that? Vegas was yeah, not yeah, mentioned in that, is. and that's interesting because it's all about the money. Um, right. you know they they can't afford to fire him, so, yeah, um, so they don't have yeah. enough money. Arizona, Denver, Houston. Uh, one guy he brought up was Sean McVay. Okay, so Sean McVay's thirty six. He just got married. Um, you know, like he's done everything he could possibly do already, right? Like he won a Super Bowl. It happened fast. Could he be burnt out? Um, could he hit the booth? He could probably make a billion dollars working for amazon as mike pointed out
3: yeah and he's not going to take any uh you know helmets to the chin in the booth that's
0: right that's right mcveigh
3: doesn't strike me as someone that's gonna i mean he seems like he loves football and he loves coaching you know i think i'd personally be pretty surprised if he were to
0: retire after this season i don't you know, know man like, the the ship think is, he
3: wants to end on such a low note yes though, and, because
0: there's no way yeah, out of it no, i i no know, know that I know i've talked about this before the rams are like a burning building right now i'm like yeah. i know when i use that term everybody's like damn that's so harsh to talk about it to you but they 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 don't have a lot of draft capital and like what are you doing you're you're staring a reset dead in the face if he has an easy out right now to go make- a
3: long reset too the- like this is going to be a reset of you know
0: maybe 30. Maybe, but bottom yeah. line is Sean McVay, if he could hop to the booth and make more money doing that and then bide his time for the next job, the big thing is that he just signed a deal. So it's one of those things when you look at is like, um, you know, if he wanted to come back out in a year or two, somebody would have to trade for his rights. Now, that's happened before with John Gruden. Um, you know, it's not out of the question. He is a proven commodity on a level. Um, uh, Sean Payton's another interesting one, talking about people who are yeah, in the exactly. booth. Yep, and
3: but his rights are owned by the Saints too, so I think exactly that'd be a similar exactly. kind of situation. Exactly. But I think I mean he he's going to have a head coaching job. He will, and say. and then there's other. I mean, there's Dan Quinn, right? And everyone's talking about um, Kellen Moore as well. So I mean, it it will be interesting. But Peyton also D'Amico, who we've spoken a lot about on the on the on the podcast, D'Amico Ryan's from the Forty ers You know, he's kind of spearheading that great defensive. Uh, you know, unit in San Francisco. So there are some pretty interesting, um,
0: you know, new coaching possibilities. Well, it's funny. There. After Carolina fired Rule, it was like D'Amico started – his defense played bad for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. People were like, damn, all eyes on D'Amico Ryan, and they're not playing well. And um, now it's been – they haven't given up a second-half point in a few weeks. They're dominating defensively, and this Sunday is going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, the, the, the Niners – and the dolphins uh i looked last night at where the money was i think 95 percent of it was on the dolphins the the bets and the money and the the are the so that might be one to load up on i want to keep checking that and that's in san francisco it's in san francisco too, right? and yeah. so anyways i think sean payton when you talk about him you know people have floated the charges but they don't pay for instance that was brought up in this article and um the rams uh could be a logical fit in Sando's words but um I, what 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 would it take for Sean Payton? If I'm Sean Payton, I might wait another year and hope that some fucking team fires their head coach and uh, and is going to draft Caleb Williams because that's what I would probably do if I was Sean Payton. I would take another year off and I try to intercept Sha- uh, Caleb Williams. Uh, um, you know, I I think. Uh, hold on one second. This is interesting. This was from Sandoz's article, and I'll leave it here. Harbaugh has done a miraculous job the last two years there, an agent said. But he went into the Minnesota interview like the job was his. He was was going to sign a, a, a deal and then leave. That did not sit well with Minnesota. And these owners talk, once you've had the kind of power Harbaugh has had at Michigan, is it much harder to work in the nfl with the limitations you have there what ends up happening is when you go to the pros you're dealing with men and owners who have bigger egos than you and i agree and all that but i was
3: kind of like urban meyer almost a little bit in a way
0: yeah but except for the fact that john jim harbaugh did a terrific job in san francisco and you know after a four-year stint he kind of rubbed people raw and and vice versa um harbaugh i think if you're looking at at, you know the prospects of staying in college you also have to think about NILs. you have to think about the transfer portal like yes you seed some control and you're kind of the king of the castle up in ann arbor um and it's a lot less sexy to be a a pro coach in houston but you don't have to recruit and then re-recruit and then you know deal with all this nil stuff so that's the trade-off is yeah you deal with grown men he's done that before um, and so I thought that was interesting. Another place that popped up was Indy, and I yep. the Jim Irsay Harbaugh relationship seems seems entertaining but possibly com- combustible. Um, that could be a point. fun one to watch. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. Do you, do
3: you think he'll be a head coach next year? Um, season?
0: I I do. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not positive. It depends on the openings, but I, I think you know what he showed us in January is that. He, want, he, he wants to be an NFL head coach again. And if he wants to be an NFL yeah. head coach again, he's going to be an NFL head coach again. I mean, I, I want to leave, leave you with this depressing stat read, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, this was, I think, also from the, the Sando uh, article. Russell Wilson, okay, most starts under 17 points weeks 1 through 12 in the history of the game. This was a, this was a humbling list for Russell, and it was a humbling list for me too. Akili Smith, 2000. Jamarcus Russell, 2009. Joey Harrington, 2003. And our guy Jake Plummer, 2000. Oh, yeah, there's two more. The Rams in 2008 and the Rams in 2011. That's how I started my fucking career. So anytime you want to say you, you walk a mile in my shoes, you have no fucking clue. There's a Are there a bunch of pass rushers going off in Denver? How's that going? Okay, yeah. so, so... the Bulger in 2008, Bradford in 2011, we were bad in 2011. Like, Sam was getting hit by a truck every time he, he dropped back to pass. Um, th- this, is, uh, this team's better than those teams. The 2008 team, we went 2-14 or 1-15. 2011, we went 2-14 or 1-15. The Broncos are a decent team with an offense and a quarterback that just aren't working out. So yeah, you look I mean, at I mean, all we these fucking Austin, guys, I mean. these are guys that were draft bus or people yeah. that were, you know, over the hill or, you know, people that were up against it because the offense was fucked up. Like Sam, I believe, uh, you know, he was rookie of the year a couple of years before this. And then, you know, the, the bottom fell out because he gets hurt and people are just assaulting him every time he drops back to pass. Russell Wilson is supposed to be a Hall of Famer, man. One of these things is not like the other. And it Do you think
3: it- he's still a Hall of Famer, though, Chris? After this season?
0: Well, I don't think that this season is the nail in the coffin. But if you have a couple more of these years in Denver, even if you yeah. even if you don't regress to the mean, even if you get halfway there, I believe it affects his Hall of Fame status. And, and mm-hmm. I think eventually he probably gets in because you know how these things go. But if the second half of his career looks like more like this than 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 Seattle, I don't know how you explain to me that everything he he did in Seattle is you know is is verified.
3: What was that exact stat most um most starts under, under 17,
0: 17 points weeks 1 through 12. So this yeah. could continue you think I
3: think that's what uh that's what Purcell brought up to him on the sideline like he's just yelling that exact
2: He was like
0: Achilles Smith. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 just came with receipts, just ready.
0: Fucking Joey Harrington, man. Yeah. yeah. Come on. We could still score 17. Let's ride. We can get eighteen points.
1: We're we're just a little north of halfway through the season, right? Yeah. And Achilles Smith did it for a full season. That was nine starts. Russell's already at eight. Oh my God. Just yeah. I'm sorry, Reed. It's all right. Yeah. I'm still living off Super Bowl fifty.
0: That's good, Bob Miller. Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, um, but hold on.
3: Before we go, you got got some some random random stuff. stuff Hit me with it. Every now and then, Chris will text me and he'll say, "Hey, you got any shows for me?" And that's kind of how I got you on board Succession. Yeah. You know, which, mm-hmm. did you ever finish that? No, I did. Show, and Macon
0: would probably claim to get me on Succession. So maybe that was a yeah. team, team succession, effort.
3: Succession, and what about
0: Severance? Severance was great. You're two Severance for two. Severance
3: was great. So I got two that I want to bring up to you right now, just because I love watching these shows. I was talking about it with Kingston a little bit. I saw Kingston tweet about it, but there are two great shows that I want to give some love that I think if our listeners haven't started watching them yet and chris i think you should as well i think meg will enjoy them but um andor is on disney it's a star wars one it's very it's probably the best show but definitely the best star wars content maybe ever i think incredibly well written very 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 good show amazing score amazing it's really really good i can't say enough good things about it just ended with the finale last week um Really can't recommend it enough. Check it out. It's super good. So it's in the Rogue One kind of world. Um, Mm -hmm. Cassian and are you familiar with Star Wars Rogue One? It's probably the best Star Wars movie. Check it out, Chris. I think you'll really like it. And then another one um, that I was talking with Kingston about, too, is The White Lotus. Season 2 is amazing. Okay, don't say anything because I'm going
0: to watch that one.
3: It's really, really good. Watch that one with Meg. Um, It's also got a fucking banger of an intro song, which we could, you know, we could maybe throw up here every time we put that thing on. uh, I really like it, but it's really, really well acted. It's a character drama. Chris, check out some of these shows, man. The White Lotus is fucking good. Dude, season one was amazing. Andor is electric. No spoilers,
2: but season two is better than season one. Wow.
3: Yeah, last really, really good me show. Away. You're kidding me? I mean, no, and I have no one to talk about these shows with. So, like, can you watch them so we can chit chat about it because it's fun? Yeah, making L- it out about really White Lotus Monday morning. How many episodes in are we on White Lotus? Five. Five. I'll watch them tonight, dude. Watch them all. I mean, they're so good. We can break down. We can break that down. Break down the the new White Lotus episode Sweet. that's
0: coming out at 8 p.m eastern i think the guy Sunday. that died in the last season at the end should come back <laughs> as like a you know like no comment yeah
3: okay <laughs> he's just a ghost this one's in italy though it's it's a cool vibe so want to bring that up chris check out those shows really really good stuff and then another one is uh the peripheral kinks and you're on that one right oh, yeah. that's kind of a deep sci-fi yeah um but i've been enjoying that one too Same.
0: thanks Bo. it was a good record.
2: thanks
3: a lot bo Check out Endor. I'm serious. I know you're like, Ooh, Star Wars, it's so nerdy. I don't like I'll that. It. That's Ooh. how you
0: guys sound.
3: N- watch it, dude. It's fucking sick.
0: Uh, the lightsabers look amazing in this one.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm telling yeah, you, there's Boba so Fett. Good. He
0: hasn't appeared in a Star Wars <laughs> since Rogue One. What is the backstory? I need to get on the Star Wars <laughs> wiki. Fuck. Uh. Well, Casual, no, bro. I'm fucking he a furry. Oh. Was- <laughs> the Venn diagram is not—it's not two circles. There's a little overlap between the big Star Listen, Wars fans and the furries.
3: Actually, there are some furries. A Wookie—that's a furry, mm-hmm. technically. Mm-hmm. But I'm—I'm I'm more likely to fuck a you know a Tweelac. <laughs> what the fuck is a Tweelac? All right, it's time to go. <laughs> Take care.
2: Uh. <laughs>